Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards Podcast, where every yard counts. Since we last spoke, rookies have been signing their first NFL contract, and some big news broke over this side of the pond too, which we'll get to very shortly indeed, but different personnel for today's drive. Unfortunately, just me and Rob today. No, Lee, unfortunately, he will uh, come back next week. Uh, but Rob, talking of comebacks, uh, did you watch Liverpool come back last night? I didn't watch it, but I'd, I heard about it. I work with four... Liverpool fans so you can imagine today at work was uh, yeah that was the subject of every discussion going all the chants going um, Klopp's the best manager in the world all this sort of stuff yeah I've heard it all today so uh, yeah I'm actually I, I like Barcelona but uh, fair play to Liverpool they're a different gear aren't they in the in the Champions League it's unbelievable yeah, I hate it. Hate it personally, but there we go. Never mind. I'm just bitter. Um, but yeah, obviously this has been... Uh, recently we've had a lot of comebacks, haven't we? Uh, Tiger Woods obviously won the Masters a few weeks back too. And um, you know, I posted a, a picture on our Twitter with uh, the, the Spider-Man meme where you've got Atlanta and New England. Uh, so Atlanta versus New England. So Atlanta and um, and Barcelona kind of logos on their heads and that was quite funny. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, where, where, do you, where do you rank the, the comeback? Obviously, you know, don't ask a Liverpool fan because it'd be the best thing since uh, the return of Jesus Christ uh, on, on whenever it was. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a fair, a fair <laughs> achievement. But what, what, what do you rank better? I had, a, I had a conversation with some guys, some of my friends today about whether the uh, the New England comeback versus Atlanta was, was better than... Uh, than the Liverpool one last night? Yeah, I, I think the New England one was just because it was pretty much all in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think if Liverpool had scored four in the last sort of 20 minutes, that might have been yeah. sort of the same sort of thing. But yeah, for, uh, I think despite it being amazing, I, th- I think the New England one just about trumps it, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know it's I know it's Barcelona and I know it's Messi, but they were awful last night. But I, I, I'd even say that the Istanbul one, uh, where they beat AC Milan in the second half, obviously they only had the second half there, so... Um, yeah, I'd even say that was better than, than last night. But yeah, fair achievement nonetheless uh, as, a, as a Liverpool hater. Um, ruined my year, but never mind. Uh, there's always next year, there's always 2020. But um, yeah, back to today's podcast. Uh, our drive today consists of three downs. First down is news and notes where we look at what's been going on in the NFL uh, including the big no- news over this side of the pond, a couple of injury bits as well. Second down uh, is the second part of our draft recap, where we're going to go through picks 17 to 32 in the first round uh, and look at those teams in the draft, you know, their, their team's drafts, uh, you know, if they've had a good one, who, if, who had a bad one. Uh, but we'll also look, obviously, there are some teams who uh, who didn't pick in the first round, such as Cleveland, Dallas, Chicago. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a look at a, a gloss over their, their drafts as well and see if any uh, any decent moves or any value was to be had. And third down is full 10 questions where Lee from all 32 will come back and try and surpass Adam Wolford's current clubhouse lead of seven correct questions in one minute 42. But Rob, um, we'll kick it off for first down. First down. So yeah, big news over the last couple of days, Rob. Um, yeah, NFL Academy uh, is going to launch here in the UK. Quite big news, really, isn't it? Um, what, what did you make of it? I think it's fantastic. It's it's what the sport is growing bigger and bigger each year, isn't it? And this just proves it. You've got people who are willing to put funds and to put these training centres together to to make the sport bigger. And and it's it's fantastic for us as sort of the media side of it because you know we want it to build up so we get more listeners and we get more followers. And and the sport in general is really now starting to take off. And I, 
and it's really good to see this sort of thing come in. We've got more Brits in the NFL at the moment than than I think ever. Um, you know, and, and JJ obviously flying the flag um, is probably the best, most well known. But yeah, it's, it's brilliant, and hopefully, it's going to bear some fantastic fruit from this country because it is a sport which is quite few and far between. But having said that, the, the Britball leagues are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And interestingly, I, I, when we did the uh, mock draft in in London a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, George from the Kent Exiles was was on my Indianapolis uh, squad, and it's interesting to speak to him about how the sport has developed and how it's got bigger and better and how. Yeah, it's, it's a really good thing coming through the ranks for this country and hopefully it can just churn out talent after talent in the next few years. It'll be brilliant to see. Yeah, I mean, for, for those of you that don't know, there's, a, there's an article, there's an article on NFL.com actually that you can go go and check about all about. Obviously, operations begin in September, so if you're, if you're between 16 to 18, uh, you can register your interest. They're looking for about 80 students, I think, so uh, no doubt 19-year-olds everywhere will be punching a wall um, just as much as I would. <laughs> but um, Alistair, obviously Alistair Kirkwood, the uh, manager and director of the NFL uh, UK, you know, he said it's, it's not only going to be about American football, it's obviously going to be delivering education and character development as well. So, um, you know, it's not only, only football related, you get to do, you know, diplomas and degrees and coaching badges and all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're between 18, 16 and 18, love your football, go, go sign up your interest. Um, really, really jealous myself personally. It's just a shame I wasn't 15 years ago, but it does show you. Um, how far the, the game has come in this country. Again, it, for, for me, for, for someone that doesn't want a London franchise, it's a bit bittersweet because it's another step along the along the on the yep. along the path, isn't it? So, um, but you know, it, it will be crazy to think that um, it'll be it will be quite good to see a few players that you know trickle over to to the colleges. So it's obviously going to be intended to be a, a feeder into the NCAA and the, the college games. So um, you know, mm. there, there will be stories, no doubt, that um, players that. From from here, from you know, you know, not not such as advantaged backgrounds, if you like, um, you know, getting a scholarship, going over to the to the states and um, getting getting a contract in the NFL. So, um, that that would be pretty cool. Uh, and then, you know, there's a there's a lot of people, a lot of ambassadors as well for the academy uh, in and the, the program itself. So you know, you've got UK players such as you know Jay Ajayi, say OCU Manure and another one, but you've also got people like Patrick Mahomes, OBJ, and Juju. You know, you've got the the current cream of the crop in the NFL to to be ambassadors as well. So, uh, it just shows you. Both sides of the ponds, the the impetus, or you know, or the in the backing as well, because obviously Nike's going to do all the apparel and all the all the uniforms yep. and that as well. So um, certainly, from a foundation standpoint, standpoint, there's there's a lot of uh, investment there from from the people that who matter. Just out of interest, Tim, you, you mentioned that you're you're in the don't want a a, a London franchise camp. Why is that? Well, I just I just think it ruined the novelty of the game, and I, I just enjoy the game and the product how it is. I just think having it over here will will kind of ruin it a little bit because you you have divided opinions in terms of you know fan base here. Do they keep their? Own? I'd keep my own, I'd keep the Dallas Cowboys, and I just think for a lot of people it'd be their second yep. team, or you know there'll be people that don't you know that would be. Uh, opposed to it, so then wouldn't really support the game, would support the team, and I just think it needs to have the whole buy-in from the whole country, from all the fans. I think I just don't think yeah. they'll get that. And I, I, again, the novelty side of me, you know, it's their game. You know, NFL Europe doesn't work for a reason. Um, you know, the other other experimental leagues like the AF didn't work. I just, I just think you're just changing it too much, and you're changing it for, for change's sake. But certainly, yeah, you've got the stadium at Tottenham. You've got obviously this academy now. You know, it's not to say. That you know, it's, it's a slow process where they can't get things in place where you know it, it can be a viable, uh, a viable product and a viable team. But it's just just not for me. 
very interesting because I share the exact same opinion. Um, literally, it, I wrote an article on it a couple of years ago, and I think you pretty much just read off the screen there because that is exactly <laughs> what I said. Uh, it, it, I, and it's, it's strange because everyone else I speak to uh, about it is, is a, a very for it. Um, there's not many people against it, I don't think, but it's interesting to hear your, your standpoint there is exactly the same as mine. So, yeah, we're in this together, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Me and you versus the world, my friends. But uh, no, I know there's a, there's a couple of people that certainly I know that are, that are against it as well. But I just think that I don't think there's. I just I just think it will ruin it or tarnish the you know the yeah 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 you know, just it just tarnish it as, as a whole. You know, you look up to it and worship it and yep. as a, as a statue. And I just think it will just take that away a little bit. But um, yeah, we we shall we yep. shall see. I, I still think even if it happens, still a couple of years away because I say all things are going quite quite slowly. It's been over ten years since we had the first game. Uh, and obviously this year's Tottenham Stadium's just gone in and all these little things. It's, it's taken a long time, so just be interesting to see. Um, obviously, uh, another thing as well, they've obviously been experimenting with ha- how often the games are and you know, back-to-back game weeks and teams not having a buy afterwards, etc., etc. So I, I, I can see it happening. Um, just to, uh, It would be a shame to me. But um, uh, Talking of yep. shames, uh, a couple of injuries to note. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul potentially fractured vertebrae, uh, according to Tampa Bay. Uh, defensive lineman, obviously not had the uh, the greatest of history with injuries, so hopefully he's not um, too in- too seriously injured and he can come back as soon as possible. Uh, on the bright side, Bilal Powell, who had a similar injury, has been cleared uh, from it, from his injury now and uh, can can enjoy welcoming him Le'Veon Bell to the Jets backfield. Uh, and also Emmanuel Sanders, who had his, uh, what was it, his torn Achilles last season, wasn't it? His, he says he still has it, in air quotes, after running, running full speed after his torn Achilles last season. Um, apparently hit 19.2 miles per hour uh, running, which you know, is easy in a straight line. But, uh, Rob, have you ever run 19.2 miles per hour? Uh, I think my record was 46. Um, <laughs> that was downhill back. Oh, 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 that's right. That's a moped, not, yeah. not on my feet. No, I think I average about four point three miles an hour full sprint. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've never tried. I've never. I don't know what the. Uh, obviously, when you do treadmills over here in this country, it's uh, kilometers an hour, isn't it? I'm not quite sure what the equivalent is that, but um, I probably maybe. A bit... <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even know what a treadmill is, Tim. I'll be honest. <laughs> There we go. Um, yeah, obviously, Manuel Sanders, obviously the wrong side of 30. Denver Broncos uh, drafted, obviously, a couple of guys uh, in the draft last year by receiver, so it'd be interesting to see uh, what impact he can have, if anything, in Denver this season. But that is all your news and notes. Don't forget you can get in contact with us on the Twitter. Uh, you can get in touch with the show at Full 10 Yards. Rob is at FFBritballer, and I am at Tim underscore Monk 85. If you want to get in contact with us, always our DMs are open. Always love to have a bit of a chat on there. Both things being equal, it's time, everyone, for second down. Second down. So yeah, that was it. First week, uh, last week, if you if you missed it, we did uh, picks one through sixteen, or revisited all the picks in the first round of the draft and looked at the teams there, what their drafts, their draft halls looked like, and also that coincides with the the articles that we've released this week. Myself and Lee have been writing uh, you know, pick that pick it apart, where we look at every pick in the first round. Just a bit of um, more words on on a screen if you. Um, obviously enjoy this part this podcast or the last one there's a there's a word version essentially on the website head over to 14yards.com forward slash NFL but Rob we left it off at number 17 with Dexter Lawrence for the New York Giants obviously they um, they took uh, Daniel Jones at six and unfortunately for Dexter Lawrence and uh, DeAndre Baker who we'll get to a bit later on uh, in this segment is that they're, they're just going to be the forgot, forgotten guys of this draft just because of mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Jones regardless of if he, if he, if he sucks or if he's uh, a Hall of Famer yeah yeah that's- yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence. 
I think Lee mentioned last week that it was very high to take Dexter Lawrence at 17. Um, but then, yeah, I, I, th- I don't think it was a bad sign. I think he's very good at what he does. So maybe it was a little bit early for him. But but no, I, th- I think it was a pretty good, solid move for them, um, particularly. Yeah, no, again, uh, Dexter Lawrence missed the playoffs uh, last season at college due to suspension of uh, performance enhancing drugs. So he'll fit right into the NFL, won't he? <laughs> it fit like a glove. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll probably round off the, the Giants draft class uh, when we get to John Jay Baker a bit later on. So let's go to pick 18 then. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Garrett Bradbury, centre out of NC State. Um, yeah, it was it was a slam dunk, wasn't it, for Minnesota once he, once he was there. And it's also Minnesota, 12 picks in 2019. was a, a hell of a hell of a lot of picks wow. there for, for Minnesota. Mm. But uh, yeah, the offensive line was a problem last year, wasn't it, uh, in the run game and giving time for, for Captain Kirk there, their £84 million quarterback. Um, so, you know, made a lot of sense. Gary Bradbury, I quite like him as an O-lineman. Um, I, I quite liked uh, some of their other picks as well. But any any particular thoughts on Garrett Bradbury other than it was, you know, the big gaping hole in their, in their roster and they, they filled it? Yeah, it was. And, and that then puts Minnesota back on the map for the playoffs as well, I think. Uh, it was their glaring holes that Kirk Cousins didn't have the time to throw the ball. And, you know, they've got such a powerful offense with Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. Uh, and now with uh, the upgrade at tight end as well with Carl um, uh, oh, Rudolph, that's who I'm thinking of. Uh, he's probably going to take a step down by all accounts as Herb Smith came in in, in the second round. So, so yeah, the, the offense got a massive boost. Um, also, uh, third round, Alexander Matteson, the mm. running back from Boise State. He's actually a pretty talented dude. Mm. And we know that Dalvin Cook has got injury problems. Yeah. Um, so, so, again, fantasy-wise, at the end of your drafts, um, especially if you own Dalvin Cook, Alexander Matheson is one to, to pick up. Uh, but, yeah, the four, first four picks, all offensive players, um, whether it be on the line or or the skilled positions. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they, yeah, they ticked a lot of boxes in this draft. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you can say you took the words right out of my mouth. Over Smith is going to wave Carl uh, Rudolph off into the sunset. Um, and I'd say Alex Madison, um, you know, anyone that has Davin Cook, is a decent handcuff um, as well. So he, he uh, yeah. he'll, he'll be a decent pickup in rookie drafts that uh, people no doubt are currently in. Moving over to pick 19, Jeffrey Simmons then for Tennessee Titans. More of a long-term pick here, isn't it? Um, from Mississippi State, obviously Toys ACL. Um, so unlikely to see in 2019. I'm, I'm not sure they'll rush him uh, if they make the playoffs, but you never know. But um, obviously that's, that's in addition to Jarrell Casey, uh, Cameron Wake, um, Harold Landry and, and uh, they picked last year. Uh, Cameron Wake obviously drew, drew during free agency this year, but um, it could be a formidable defense uh, coming the next couple of years for, for Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, Tennessee have been a team that have sort of they've been kind of picking up the pace for the last couple of years, but never really reaching the dizzy heights. But I think again, a, a solid draft from them this year, and I, I, if they have a solid draft next year, then I think a couple of years down the line we. We could be talking about about some contenders and certainly the AFC South being an indie fan myself watching that division go from arguably the worst division of all time to now being one of the most competitive and hardest to call is, is very interesting I think Tennessee are, are nearly in the mix of that as well mm-hmm. um for me, the highlight was was obviously AJ Brown. We discussed him a few weeks ago, and I was obviously quite high on on AJ Brown. I think we all were. Um, and the second round is a very good pick. Um, Corey Davis hasn't really ticked many boxes since coming into the league. He had a lot of hype around him. I think the 
talents there, but he hasn't really developed into the type of player that we all thought he would be. Mm. Uh, AJ Brown is going to go on the other side of him and, and that could be formidable, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Corey Davis. You know, fifth overall pick in 2017. Um, just the 65 receptions, 891 yards, four touchdowns last year. I know he had to deal with Mariota, Blaine Gabbert and, and all the rest of it. So not really, not really all his fault, but... Um, what, what does this say? You know, they picked up AJ Brown uh, in the draft, Adam Humphreys in free agency. What, what does that say about Corey Davis? Is it just the case that they've, they're giving him more help and Mariota more help as well? Or do they maybe not think that Corey Davis is the guy they thought he was to draft him number five overall? It's an interesting uh, storyline. Yeah, I think the latter. I think he's not he's not answered questions and he's he hasn't proved anything. He's not, you know, come out of his shell and, and been an absolute monster, which is what you expect from a fifth pick overall. Mm. And I think they're disappointed with him. So whether this is a bit of a G up to say, look, hang on, if you don't start performing soon, we are going to bring more and more talent in and you're going to get less time on the ball. Mm. Um, that It could be what he needs. It could, it could be a, a kick up the bum that he needs. But um but no, certainly it's, it's, it's better options for Mike Mariota. Uh, a lot of people slate Mariota. I don't think he's terribly bad. No. Um, I just think he's been in a situation where, yeah, it's, it's an average O-line. His receivers haven't performed. Danny Walker's been injured. The running backs haven't done much. Um, you know, you know it, it's, it's been a, a tale of mediocrity mm. from Tennessee over the last mm. few years. And I think Mariota has been caught up in the middle of it. Mm. This draft could improve that. Yeah, well, I think it's fair to say that Mariota has been made from the same glass as Amir Khan's chin. But I think what I think what the issue <laughs> I think what the like issue that. is here with with Tennessee Titans is I, I don't see a leader on on this team, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, defense. They're a defense and run kind of team, but I don't I don't really see yeah. a, a person who's a flag bearer for, for this team that's going to drive the guys forward. And I say I don't know if that's because of Mariota's injury history. They, they it's maybe teammates don't believe in him as much, and he's not going to put the, the team on their back because he's not always there. And obviously that might be why they've obviously brought Ryan Tannehill in, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill in as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you when you've got a guy on the on the defensive line called D Liner, I mean, he's got to be your he's got to be your, <laughs> he's got to be your flag bearer. But yeah, n- not really many strong personalities in this team from from what I can see. No. Watch this space for Derek Henry, though. Obviously, the, at the end of last season, he he proved that he is what we thought he would be uh, when he came in second overall um, a couple of years ago uh, from the draft. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for him this this year because this is a could potentially be his slot to, to break out and he could be one of those flag bearers. So, yeah. so yeah, Tennessee is an interesting team to watch this year, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, on, I was on the last year outright, but obviously didn't uh, come to fruition. Probably get a good price as well. I haven't got the odds in front of me. Uh, let's move up to pick 20 then. Noah Fant, obviously this was the uh, Denver Denver pick who d- traded with, back with uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they probably traded back, Rob, because that's the, yeah, they probably wanted, they didn't want Devin Bush. Um, which the Steelers obviously did. They obviously went, went and wanted to get Noah Fenton and still got him at 20. Yeah, for me, Denver had a really good draft. Noah Fant was my favourite tight end for fantasy purposes um, coming into the draft. I think he he's not... TJ Hawkinson obviously went in the top 10. He's more of a all-round. He can block, he can catch, he can do all, all sorts. Um, Noah Fant is more of a... He's a receiving tight end. So it's a position which... Denver haven't really had much of recently. Um, it's, it's something that they're going to look to explore. And Noah Fan, yeah, he, he's a very good pickup for them. Um, he certainly offers some dynamic play on on the offense. Um, 
But for me, Denver won the draft in the second round with their picker Dalton Risner. Mm. Um, I don't know whether you saw the the uh, the video of him uh, on draft night uh, or, or the uh, work that he does with with. Um, I think he's got a couple of uh, friends that he's made. Yeah, one's a special needs, one's an old eight pensioner, and he's an incredible human being. Um, and he's also a really good tackle. Uh, so, so that was a really good pick, um, in my opinion. Yeah, he was slated to, in some mocks to go first round as well. And also, same, yeah. same with Drew Locke as well at forty two. I think it's great value considering the, yeah. um, they were considering maybe him in the in the first round as well. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just, just going back to Noah Fant, obviously Joe Flacco's there. He loves a tight end, doesn't he? So yeah, Noah, yeah. Noah Fant um, yeah, does. should should have relevance in fantasy at this point, even if it's just as a streamer. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to beat out Jake Buttons. Um, is it Hoyman? I don't even know if he's still there. But yeah, Noah Fant, um, again, was it was a kind of a need for, for Denver. Uh, Joe Flacco loves a tight end and say... Um, yeah, should should be quite decent. But yeah, I, I, really, I really liked Denver's draft as well. Uh, pick 21, uh, Green Bay Packers traded back up to go and get Darnell Savage, first safety off the board. I think they traded with, uh, with Seattle, wasn't it? Um, I was actually quite surprised they went defence with their first two, uh, their, their two first-round picks, if easy for me to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, they, they added, added quite a lot that I quite liked. Jay Sternberger, uh, he's a good prospect, maybe not for this year. We're going to get another sucky year of Jimmy Graham, aren't we, I think, and then Jace maybe take off uh, the year after. Dexter Williams uh, in deeper leagues as well is worth a, worth a look because that depth chart is not going to be a hard one to, to get to the top of. Yep. Um, you, you could even argue that he's already above Jamal Williams, but uh, that's for maybe maybe next week on the podcast. Uh, and uh, El- Elgton Jenkins, who I mocked him uh, to the backers at, at, as well um, when it, when it fought in the second round. So um, again, just a few needs there. But uh, were you surprised they went defense on the first two picks? Uh, not super surprised, but I, I'm slightly surprised that they, in my opinion, reached for Dinel Savage. He was, I think, fourth safety in my uh, rankings. If I'm not looking at him, but I think that's where he was. Um, so I think it was a little bit early for him. But obviously, if that's your guy, um, you go get him. You know, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. If that's if that's who your scouts have scouted out to be the best fit for your team, and, and obviously was to pick him at one twenty one. Um, so yeah, they've obviously got got good good plans for him. Um, but yeah, we, we did touch on on Green Bay's draft last week, yeah. and I will be banging the drum for Dexter Williams all off season because uh, I think he's absolutely fantastic, and mm. I think it's a great slot for him in in, in Green Bay. Yeah, one of your boys from Notre Dame. Uh, moving mm. on to number 22, Philadelphia playing snipers yet again. Obviously, last year, sniping uh, Dallas with Dallas Goddard. Uh, in the office, I can't remember what round, second or third round or something, but uh, David Akers uh, doing his impression of a big girl. But yeah, this year, uh, Andre Dillard um, jumping ahead of the Houston Texans to get to number 22 for on, yeah uh, the, for the offensive lineman, I'm sure. Uh, Houston will be uh, will ruin that 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 occurred in the first round, but really like again, really like the uh, Philadelphia draft, which is annoying as a Dallas fan. But yeah, JJ Arcega, Whiteside, Miles Sanders, uh, really, really, really strong draft from the Philadelphia Eagles. On a scale of one to pissed off, how 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 pissed off were you at last year's draft with that uh, that rant from the kicker? <laughs> uh, I mean, I wasn't. I, I, I can say I was pissed off. I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't have been stitches, but obviously I'm a neutral. Uh, I can imagine the Cowboys that might have just uh, twinged a nerve a little bit. But uh, no, we digress. Uh, Philadelphia, yeah, uh, Andre did a great, uh, great pickup here. Uh, one of the best tackles in the field. Um, they needed a tackle that was one of their needs. And they picked him up. Miles Sanders, fantastic running back. He was the backup for Saquon Barkley at Penn State. Um, it's tough to say for Miles Sanders because we have only seen one season of him. But that season has looked pretty good, and I think that's going to put some pressure on Jordan Howard, who, 
has got a lot of questions to answer despite having a fairly good three seasons in the league so far. And the one who you want to speak about again in the second round, JJ Arcsader Whiteside, the wide receiver, he went fairly early for receivers. Um, I think he was maybe the fifth receiver off the board, but he's good, talented. However, he's in a crowded offense now, and they have announced this week. I think I read on Sleeperbot that that they're gonna that JJ Arcadia Whiteside might not even play in 2019, which is surprising considering mm. you spent a 25th pick on him. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he joins the the offense of uh, wide receiver core: Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Deshaun Jackson, of course. So um, so yeah, I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see if he does slot in. Um, but maybe, you know, the whispers in the bushes are that he's not going to play in 2019. It could be one on the back burner for fantasy owners uh, to, to stick on your taxi squads. Mm, yeah, interesting one. Because I say, Alshon Jeffrey's not getting any younger. I think he's actually got one year left in his contract as well. So I can see JJ mm. uh, taking mm. over from Alshon Jeffrey. So, well, I think he'll see the field a little bit this season. Uh, might be might be a progressive thing where, you know, taking over the bat, the baton from, from Alshon Jeffrey. But he's going to be certainly certainly going to be a red zone weapon for, for Philadelphia. And Miles Sanders as well. Um, I can't understand enough. I, I, I just John. I know Jordan Howard was was taken in in free agency uh, for you know was it a fifth or a sixth round pick or something silly like that. My, I think Miles Sanders. If you if you can go and get him cheap because the the owner thinks or you know the Jordan Howard Jordan Howard owner thinks he's he's going to be Jordan Howard this year. Go and get Miles Sanders. Uh, even if you've had your rookie drafts, because I think Miles Sanders could be. Uh, his stock could be rising uh, as as the season progresses, and then it's going to be hard to to go and yeah. get it as 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 the season goes uh, wears on. So yeah, Miles Sanders one to certainly a guy I circle in all rookie drafts uh, at the moment. But yeah, again, real real strong uh, draft there from Philadelphia. Could have done with a, perhaps a QB though. I uh, tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> moving on to twenty pick twenty three. You say the aforementioned Houston Texas Texans uh, probably got in a bit of a tiz here um, with Andre Dillard going. They would have loved him to to drop to twenty three, but uh, Titus Howard was the pick. Uh, widely considered a reach, uh, but obviously feels a need. Deshaun Watson, obviously, the most court, sacked quarterback last season. So I suppose any help is good help, Rob. It is. And we mentioned last week we had our, our, our winners and losers, and Houston were my losers because of the reach of Titus Howard, in my opinion. But, you know, as Lee said, it, it might be a case of that they were probably after did it. Uh, and they didn't fall to him, so they had to take the next player available without much thinking behind it, potentially. He's not NFL-ready, I don't think. Um, Alabama State uh, is a, you know, not the biggest of schools. Uh, it's not the Alabama. It's <laughs> Alabama State, so don't get confused there. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, I'm, I'm a bit worried for, for the Houston this, for after this draft. Um, but the one plus side, I will say, is Lonnie Johnson in the second round, uh, quarterback. Uh, he, he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, cornerback. So uh, so they did well with their second pick, um, the, well, the 22nd pick overall, because they had the 23rd. As well. um, but yeah, again, Max Sharpin went in the 23rd. And similar to Titus Howard, he's, he's not really NFL ready. And that O-line is screaming out for NFL ready players. Yeah. Absolutely, Cahal uh, Waring as well, um, uh, tight end, could be an interesting one. Uh, a bit further down the line. Okay, yeah. let's, let's move on yeah. then. Uh, Oakland's second pick in the first round, Josh Jacobs. No real surprise here for me. I do I do wonder, though, if um, uh, is it John Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock uh, pooped their pants a little bit when Philadelphia did move up uh, in front of, H- of Houston. I wonder if they, they thought they were going to get uh, Josh Jacobs because obviously he was a 
potentially uh, a, a target for them. But uh, yeah, fell to the fell to the Oakland at twenty four. Fills the need uh, again, especially with the news of Isaiah Crowell. Um, he's torn Achilles. Mm. He's done for the season. Uh, they have re-signed Doug Martin, but uh, Josh Jacobs uh, in redraft. I think he's going to be a bit of value this year. I, I, th- I can see him going third, fourth round, which is you know f- potentially a three down back. Um, is is hard to find in that in that area. If you've listened to this show for the last three or four weeks, you'll know how much I love Jake, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And, you know, if if you haven't seen much of Jeff Jacobs, I urge you to go watch his highlights on YouTube because he is he's brilliant. And this is a fantastic spot in Oakland. And I know Oakland aren't the best of teams. And I know Oakland have got back staff issues by the sounds of it. And John Gruden is a head case. But it's opportunity. He's going to be... The one, two, three down back in 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 uh, Oakland this year. He's gonna see all of the work. He's gonna have a heavy volume. Uh, Derek Carr isn't the greatest of quarterbacks. They can't rely on him. Yes, they've just got Antonio Brown, and they've got a thousand. I think it's thousand and twenty-three receivers they've got there at the moment. Um, but Josh Jacobs is the main ball runner, and he's gonna get plenty of opportunity this year. Read draft leagues. He's definitely gonna be in that deeper category because I think a lot of people are going to sleep on him yeah yeah it'd be interesting to say if he's if he's there third or fourth round I'm, I'm quite happy to take him especially if you're one of those people that uh, you know say you're, you're one of the first six and you pick a you pick one of the big running backs and you you, know, you pick him up maybe start a third he might even be there in the end of the fourth to be quite honest because a lot of people mm-hmm. would be, would be um, put off by the fact that he's, he's in Oakland but I'm going to I'm going to buy him all day he's the the undoubted yep. 101 for me in rookie drafts as well I don't understand why other people take uh, other other players but that's just me um, what, just one other one other player to mention before we get to obviously they pick uh, they pick twenty seven as well. Uh, Hunter Renfro should be uh, should be a decent should, decent underneath guy as well. So I quite like him. Uh, maybe in P- more for, more so for PPR, not necessarily this year either. Let's go to twenty five. Another guy that probably won't get a lot of receiving yards this year, but has the, has the potential to. Marquise Brown uh, to the Baltimore Ravens again. Not a great landing spot. Low volume, uh, low percentage pass uh, attack. Um, but you know the Baltimore Ravens giving Lamar Jackson some weapons, and who knows, he might step forwards, in, increase his, his passing uh, abilities. And but for Marquise Brown, it's all, all going to be the, about the yards after the catch, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I am fingers crossed, hoping and praying that Lamar Jackson can like find his throwing arm because. There is now fantasy. If you're watching the draft from the fantasy perspective and you see Marquise Brown go to Baltimore, you've just gone, oh, really? Yeah. But for me, in the third round, seeing another guy that I've been banging the drum for all off season, Miles Boykin, yeah. he's gone there as well. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, no. That was my one guy that I was going to be like super, super high on as a really deep sleeper this year. Um, look, it's. It, Lamar Jackson is an NFL quarterback. He can clearly throw the ball. It might be a case of there wasn't really any talented players in Baltimore last year out wide. John Brown was there. Yes, I know. And he is talented, but he's also bloody injured all the time. Mm. So to get two elite, potentially elite quality players at the wide receiver could change the dynamic of the Baltimore Ravens and how they how they use the offense. We know they've got a good defense. They're building the offense. And again, they could be an outside chance for for a playoff run this year um, if Lamar Jackson can work out how to throw the ball properly, and I, I think he can. I, you know, he he did do it at Louisville. He was a good quarterback, and yes, we know he uses his legs, and that's his his priority weapon. But 
if he can if he can utilize these two guys, uh, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin, those two could could take off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. And when when Marquise Brown was was drafted to Baltimore, it was like a kick in the right ball, wasn't it? And then when Miles Boykin went in the in the third round, it was a kick to kick to the left ball, but. Ladies and gentlemen, Bulls, Bulls Hill. So you're, you're okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's not great. But like I say, Lamar Jackson, you, know, you can look at his stats all you like. But you, know, you come in halfway through the season last year, uh, seven games uh, that, that he played, you've got, mm-hmm. you've got to expect some kind of progression. He's not, he's not awful. Yes, he does run with his legs and they're going to have a run game. They're going to run the ball 700 times. But in, in, especially with Miles Boykin, Miles Boykin's going to take a bit of uh, a bit of attention away on the on the defense, so it's going to keep defenses honest. Um, and Marquise Brown's going to get some get some you know some open field, and he's going to get some some balls thrown his way as well. Might not even catch fifty balls this season, but even if you, Marquise Brown is catching fifty balls, there's potential there to to have a thousand yards and have a ridiculous yards after the catch. Uh, I know I know it's not really a fancy viable option when you're hoping for for yards after the catch because you can't kind of project that kind of stuff, but. I, I think there's there's enough breadcrumbs there to try and make a cake. So um, you just have to just have to hope and pray that you know. And again, if you're a Marquis Brown believer, you're going to get him cheap in rookie drafts as well. So um, yep. yeah, the other guy, obviously, Justice Hill in the in the backfield uh, should be interesting. He should see the field as well. He's a, he's more of a, a third down pass catching type back. It's quite interesting actually because that kind of uh, it it affects Mark Ingram, doesn't it? Who obviously was a big big eight free agency signing for Baltimore in that backfield. Does that more, what does that say about the about Mark Ingram and his owners for fantasy? Should they, should they be worried that um, Mark Ingram is unlikely to be a three-down back now? Well, put it this way. Has Mark Ingram been fantasy relevant over the last two years? Uh, yep. Yes. Yep. And what's, what's his situation been? Well, he's been with the Mark, Alvin Kamara. So I don't think it's affected his fantasy stock in the slightest. Justice Hill despite being a fairly competent running back and, and has actually got a fair bit of talent, he's, he's no Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think this would be just, just fine for Mark Ingram. I don't think it affects him that much. Yep, fair enough. And again, of course, you've got the uh, uh, Gus Edwards as well, who had a lovely tandem with, with Lamar Jackson towards the end of last season. So it'd be interesting to see uh, how that training, mm-hmm. ga- that training camp battle all works itself out. Uh, pick 26, Washington yeah. Redskins trade back in to come and grab Montez Sweat, defensive end, uh, stopped his slide down to into the 20s. Um, again, really like the Redskins trade as well, but is, it, is anything Montez Sweat related or is it more about the the wide receivers and the, and the running back there as well? Hey, well, you... You came in and stole our pick um, because I think you traded with us. We well, did trade with us at twenty six, um, and seeing Montez Sweat on the board, I kind of edged to the front of my seat when watching the screen because I was thinking, "Hang on a minute, defensive end." Although I'm not convinced that was one of Indianapolis's biggest needs, when you see a, a talent like Montez Sweat still available at twenty six, and for the reason that he fell to 26 was because of a potential heart condition found at the combine, which actually later on transpires that it could have been faulty equipment. So hang on a minute, you've got a top 10 guy now in at 26. <laughs> and so I was kind of hoping the Colts was going to take him. Um, but we did went out of the trade and I'm not going to argue with, um, with our GM, Chris Ballard, because he knows exactly what he's doing. So, uh, but no, absolutely still for you guys. Um, fantastic pickup from Montez Sweat. Yeah, I really, really like watching that. Um, and yeah, we, we picked up on it last week as well. Kevin Harmon in sixth round mm. is a really, really good draft pick. And again, another deep, deep sleeper for mm-hmm. Dynasty Leagues. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think similar comments for, for Bryce Love as well. So it's quite an interesting mm. backfield storyline there as well because obviously you've got Washington that, that signed AP to a decent deal. It's not, not, not a... Um, it's not like a one million throwaway vet deal. It's a, it's a decent amount of money that they're paying Adrian Pearson, and obviously yeah. they're bringing in Bryce Love as well. They just loved injured. They love injured guys, don't they? But uh, this, this, I suppose this is more of an indictment on Darius Geis and his slow, slow return yeah. from injury. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What does that mean for Darius Geis? I mean, I know they're, you know, they're not convinced that he's going to be back for for week one just yet. Um, but interestingly, on Bryce Love. If he'd have come into the draft this time last year, he would have probably been the 101 pick um, in, in Dynasty Leagues because he had a fantastic 2017. Uh, yeah. um, I think he, I, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty certain he rushed for near enough 2,000 yards. Um, and he was on everyone's watch list for 2019 and wasn't very good and got injured. So um, it was interesting to get to, he fell all the way down because he would have probably been a nailed on what a first round pick had he had carried on with his his form, um, but to fall down to the fourth round, that's another very good pickup for the Washington Redskins. Yeah, twenty seventeen uh, season at Stanford, thirteen games, two hundred and sixty three rushing attempts, two thousand one hundred and eighteen yards, average uh, yep. eight point one and nineteen touchdowns. That's uh, that's what yeah. we call production, people. That's what we call production. That- <laughs> Yeah. That is hot. hot. Stanford are a good team as well. I mean, they're they're it's not a small school. They play a lot of good teams. So um, so yeah, he could be a, he could be a really interesting uh, watch over the next few years. Yeah, and I say it'd be interesting. to say Kevin Harmon in the sixth round is one of the steals of the draft in my in my opinion. Uh, took Terry McLaurin in the third round as well. I don't really know too much about him. I have to do some some reading, but it's it's amazing actually. Some of the rookie drafts I've been doing, the amount of people that are letting Kelvin Harmon drop just because he's been in in the sixth round is it's amazing just to see yeah. how much people buy into into. Obviously, I know I know draft capital you know, says a lot about the investment and that kind of stuff, but um, not putting me off Kelvin Harmon uh, one bit. I'm always happy to take. It. I'm getting him in third, fourth rounds of, of rookie drafts, so uh, I will do that all day long. Um, moving on, mm-hmm. pick twenty. Yeah, pick twenty-seven. Uh, we'll finish off the Oakland Raiders first round. Jonathan Abraham, the uh, second safety off the board. Uh, Montez Sweat's uh, teammate from Mississippi State. Um, what do you What do you make of the the three picks there for Oakland Raiders in in the first round? Obviously, running back, um, Clayton Farrell, <coughs> defensive end, and uh, and Jonathan Abraham. There, do you, do you think they maximised? I mean, I, I said that they were one of the big losers from the draft. I didn't th- I, I didn't like their draft at all. I didn't think they maximised the potential from those picks. Um, mm-hmm. is, is this is it Jonathan Abraham epitome of that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It, 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 I don't think they had a necessarily a bad draft, no. but I think they didn't utilise their picks well enough. Yeah. So, you know, we discussed it last week. Clayton Ferrell, for me, is one of the best defensive ends in this class. But at 104, it is considered a reach, considering he'd have probably still been in there in the teens. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, we discussed, is a good pickup at 24. And yeah, Jonathan Abram, again, it, it baffled me, it baffled Lee, uh, who's obviously our defensive uh, guru. Uh, you know, he was a mid-second round pick. And to get him at 127, I just think there are better options available. Um, Adderley, for me, was a, was a guy who would have fitted in that that, that scheme well enough yeah. um, and, and is a far better player. So, uh, yeah, a little bit surprising. Jonathan Abram, I, I definitely think there are better players to be utilised, as, as you quite rightly said. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's lucky that oh, the, the new Giants had three uh, three picks in the first round as well, because obviously, uh, the, otherwise, Oakland might have been under the uh, microscope a bit more. But yeah, not really. Mm-hmm. I say you can't yeah. really have a bad draft when you've got three picks in the first round. You know, you're going to hit on at least one, surely. But um, mm-hmm. could, could you imagine if they? Do you don't, think if they so? Well, yeah. Could you imagine if they don't? None of them hit in the first round. Amazing. Um, <laughs> ten year ten year contracts. But then, moving on. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> pick, pick pick 28. Jerry Tillery is now a member of the Los Angeles Chargers, one of your guys from Notre Dame defensive tackle. Did you like this pick? Yeah, yeah, I love the pick. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Um, obviously, I'm going to say that as a Notre Dame fan. Uh, but no, he, he's a good player, good defensive tackle, um, worthy of that 128 pick, in my opinion. Um, and the guy I've li- literally just spoke about, Nasir Adderley, yeah. uh, two, uh, second round, 28th um, pick in the second round. That is that's some value because he was, uh, again, he was slated to potentially fall to the uh, back of the first round. So to, to grab him in the back of the second round is, is fantastic value, um, the safety from Delaware. Um, yeah, they didn't have a bad draft at Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but again, if, you, if you're looking from a fantasy perspective, there was absolutely nobody drafted that will um, be of interest. Uh, however, that does speak volumes for the people they've already got in the positions yeah. so you know there was no one challenging melvin gordon keenan allen uh is is, is going to be one of the wide receivers there he's going to be very productive and, and no one to challenge mike uh, mike williams um so there's also a chance uh, sorry i'm going off on a bit of a tangent here for the charges but last year the Chargers drafted a player called dylan cantrell who's a wide receiver um he's very very good he sat on there uh, on their um practice squad all season last year um but now terrell williams is gone there's a slot opened up and as they haven't drafted any wide receivers at all this year, uh, it could be uh, Dylan Cantrell is one to watch in super deep dynasty leagues. Mm, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I just want to add on to your point about Mike Williams as well. It kind of just says what they think of Mike Williams and obviously he stepped forward last season and was uh, was a big touchdown target as well. So uh, I think, yeah, Mike mm-hmm. Williams is... Um, Got got his foothold there on that on that wide receiver too, uh, there in Los Angeles. But uh, yeah, so you mean we we can't be drafting Easton Stick, the uh, quarterback from North Dakota State in our in our Superflex league, or T- Taysom Hill two point <laughs> I'm going to be quite honest. I've never heard of Easton Stick, so I'm going to see if I can watch some highlights. But no, uh, round quarterback low. I mean, we all know um, a certain fifth round quarterback who's done particularly well for himself. So you never know. Yeah. No, I was joking. Um, yeah. Um, moving on, uh, pick 29, Seattle Seahawks make their first pick um, of LJ Collier, uh, defensive end from TC, TCU. Don't really know, again, this one was a bit of a surprise name to see in the first round. Don't really know too much about him, um, but obviously Seattle um, have a type, don't they, when they go for guys on defence, so uh, he obviously fit the bill. Yeah, yeah, again, it was a case of I didn't know too much about LJ Collier, um, so I don't really have too much add uh, but I, I, th- I think for their draft as a whole uh, obviously the standout player there DK Metcalf at, at 232 um, not again I've done it again like last week not 232 <laughs> second round 30 second pick yeah, uh, yeah he, he was obviously the guy who, who dropped um, and how is he going to be used can you know he, he could be an absolute belter in Seattle um, but yeah I, I, honestly looking through their draft Marquise Blair I don't know a lot about Cody Barton I don't know a lot about Gary Jennings I don't know a lot about so they drafted a lot of players that I'm kind of scratching my head saying right I'm going to have to research these uh, in the off seasons to see what we've got for, for the upcoming season yeah, I mean Gary, Gary Jennings is a similar, similar. You know, he's a poor man's DK Metcalf, I suppose. So it's, it's interesting, actually. Uh, obviously, with the dog Baldwin news, he's probably not look, looking likely to, to come back, uh, unfortunately. So I, I think that they've they've gone with DK Metcalf at the back of the second there, and if he misses, I, I think maybe Gary Jennings might be kind of an insurance policy. Hopefully, 
two similar players, maybe maybe one hit. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Gary Jennings uh, can, can with, if he can break into the team. Obviously Tyler Lockett there as well, but not uh, David Moore, uh, but not a lot else. So certainly snaps and and receptions available. But it's again run it's a run heavy team. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how much production the the air game does get over there in Seattle. Moving on swiftly to pick thirty, the obviously Giants trading back in here. This was the was this the this wasn't the Rams pick. Who was this? This was. Uh, I can't think who this pick was. Whose pick was this? Who's pick 30? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Via, it, yeah, it was via Green Bay first and then on the yeah. New Orleans, I yeah. think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, John J. Baker, yeah, corner from Georgia. Don't mind this pick at all. Uh, and say Giants as a whole. Um, again, unfortunately, it's going to be uh, over overwhelmed by Daniel Jones' pick at number six. So they could they could all be Hall of Famers and they could all be all pros. Um, but yeah, if they if Daniel Jones doesn't doesn't put his weight, uh, they just, they're just going to be forgotten about. So uh, not really too much else to, to talk about in terms of the Giants uh, draft because we spoke about them enough, and no one mm-hmm. really wants no no one really wants to talk about the uh, New York Giants for too long unless your name is Jack <laughs> unless your name is Jack Humphrey. Shout out to you, my friend. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Move on to pick thirty one, Atlanta Falcons trade back in. This is the LA, LA Rams pick, wasn't it? Um, come in and get Caleb McGarry, offensive tackle from Washington. Again, Atlanta Falcons. Decimated by injury last year on defense, so but uh, go offensive line here in Caleb McGarry. Don't mind it at all. I, th- I think it probably shows the Atlanta the Atlanta draft as well. Actually, only Kudry Allison uh, running back who they drafted. I think it shows their uh, beliefs and faith in uh, Devonta Freeman. Yeah, I think so. And obviously, uh, who's the other guy? Is it Ito Smith there as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, it's just padding out the the depth chart. I think with with Kudry Allison. Um, their, their draft as a whole was uh, meh. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't particularly have Caleb McGarry very high on my on my um, draft sheet. Uh, neither did I have Kendall Sheffield. Uh, but at, at hit the fourth round, you know, it, anything's possible for, for that. So yeah, it was it was okay. They had lack of picks though. Um, obviously, first two in 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 the first round, um, and then after that, they didn't have a lot more. So. Um, yeah, it was it was an average draft, but it would be he was he was my um, their best pick in my opinion. Um, despite again reaching for him in my opinion, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan obviously a big winner of the draft. First two picks in the first round mm-hmm. going on on offensive linemen as well, so he'll be happy. Defensive linemen will be happy as well. But uh, yeah, a bit surprised they didn't perhaps go a few more pieces on defense that was absolutely decimated uh, last season um, during yeah. Obviously, help didn't help them, didn't help them whatsoever. They didn't get to the playoffs. So, uh, talking of playoffs, New England Patriots are more than uh, accustomed to the playoffs. They select. They actually took their thirty-second selection, which would have been big odds, I think, from my from my point of view. But uh, took a wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, from wide receiver Arizona State. Uh, I suppose we can tackle this a few ways. A, were you, were you surprised they took a wide receiver in the first round? Um, and were you surprised it was Nikhil Harry? Hmm. Nikhil Harry, <laughs> listen to the podcast for, what three weeks, four weeks ago when we went through these players, and I wasn't a massive Nikhil Harry fan, but I I am starting to turn, and and this landing spot obviously with Tom Brady throwing in the ball does him the world of good. Am I surprised they took a wide receiver there? Not really. Uh, Julian Edelman's not young anymore. Uh, Josh Gordon, we don't know what's going on with him. Uh, um. I can't even think who else they've got their on their depth chart. Uh, they lost obviously Chris Hogan, so yeah, I'm not not surprised they took a wide receiver here, and I'm not really surprised it's Nikhil Harry because you know he, his mom might you either you either love love him or, or hate him. I think, um, from my opinion. Yeah. 
yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I think he's in a fantastic spot. So, yeah, the, I, I quite like. I didn't mind the rest of their draft either. Jo- Jojuan Williams, mm. um, quarterback from, well, don't even know where that is. Vanderbilt. That's uh, that's a that's a Vanderbilt, typical yeah. yeah that's a typical uh, New England Patriots sign, isn't it? And also Chase Winovich as well, defensive end from Michigan. Interesting. They they added uh, Damian Harris as well. I know uh, Sony Sony Michelle's not the uh, has has the cleanest bill of health. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks in there spoiling that broth, isn't there? In in the running back, yeah. in the running backs there. So it'll be interesting to see how much he he uh, sees the field. Yeah, it was okay. I listened to I think it was the football fantasy footballers who was talking about Damien Harris the other day, and they were saying that uh, well, Sony Michelle doesn't really catch the ball. Uh, Damien Harris does. He's, he's an all rounder, um, and obviously they've got um, uh, White there, but he's only got I think he's in his contract year or maybe two years left. Um, James White and New England Patriots, as a general rule of thumb, don't pay players that aren't in that sort of elite category yeah. uh, at that age. So, yeah, it could be a case of Damian Harris might not do a hell of a lot this year unless an injury um, promotes him, um, but one to look out for the future. Um, and, yeah, I agree with Juan Williams was a very, very good pick at 213, one of my highest-rated cornerbacks um, from Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt are a pretty good college. They're, they're in the, um, the top division. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, not the best, uh, but they're, they're in and thereabouts. So. Yeah. No, I, say, I think just to go back to Damien Harris, obviously it'd be interesting to see what happens to Rex Burkhead. He seemed to be the odd burn out there now. But uh, thing, the thing is with yeah. the Patriots, one week one person does something and the next week uh, someone else does something. You know, do, do you remember years ago Jonas Gray got in 200 yards or something stupid? But, and then um, being yeah. cast off into... That, 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 do you know who that was against? It was that against you boys. That, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it quite clearly. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but no, just uh, real quick before we move on, um, they drafted Jared Stidham from uh, the Auburn quarterback. Uh, corner, cornerback? No, he's a quarterback. Uh, Jared Stidham is is it's actually a pretty handy cor- uh, quarterback, and this could well be the replacement for Tom Brady. I'm going to put it on the line. Oh, he's putting it on the line. I think they'll just flip him over for a second or third van in a couple of years' time just because he's been on the Patriots. But uh, we shall see. He can meet, he might be... Yeah, well, it's happened twice, hasn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jacoby and Jimmy G. Um, okay, let's move on. So that's all 32, t- 32 picks in the first round, Dan and Dusted. Obviously, a couple of teams there that we haven't gone through, so we'll go through them now. Uh, we'll start off with the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, they traded their, their first round pick for as part of the uh, OBJ package. Uh, anything you liked in Cleveland, Rob? I, I quite liked. Um, is it Mac? Who's the uh, where is it? It's been Cleveland. Mac, Mac, w- Wilson. Mac Wilson. Yeah, fifth round. I thought that was okay. Um, Greedy Williams yeah. at forty six. Obviously, their fir- their first pick in the draft was uh, was a was a great find. There, great value. Yeah, well, Greedy Williams is one of these guys that you ask a different person, they have a different opinion because some people had him going mid first round, uh, and some people had him falling down to mid second, which is where he did up. So. I- in yeah. for them um, I think it was yeah I don't think they could have asked for anything better at that 214 no. um, sorry second round 14th pick yeah, yeah. I've got to stop <laughs> doing that I've got to kick it out <laughs> uh, but no as you said Mac Wilson Mac Wilson was, was a good value at the 5th round for sure mm. yeah Greedy Williams obviously uh, cornerback from LSU uh, Odell Beckham was uh, was a big fan of that pick 
Uh, moving on to my boys, Dallas had a quiet draft. Um, they don't really tend to make a big splash in in uh, in the draft anymore, the boys. But uh, quite liked the couple of their, their first picks. Just Tristan Hill, uh, defensive tackle, uh, to help you know get over the uh, the David Irving and Randy Gregory stuff that um, seems to be to be going on. But I think he can come in and do something. And Connor McGovern, a guard from Penn State, uh, he, he'll come in and, and fill a need. Uh, also good to hear actually um, Travis Federick doing well in training camp as well. So glad, glad to see him back on the field. Um, and then picked up a couple of um, a couple of running backs, Tony Pollard and Mike Weber. Be interesting to see. Um, I think Tony Pollard will see the field more, but I think the backup to to Zeke will be Mike Weber. He's you know, a higher state as well. So um, Mike Weber, the guy that's probably the handcuffed, but Tony Pollard might be a might be a guy that sees the field a bit more. So uh, be interesting to see how they handle Zeke's workload. Mm. Not really too much else to talk about. Dallas Cowboys um, draft. I'm, I was quite happy with them. Uh, we drafted Michael Jackson. Hopefully, he doesn't turn out to be too bad. Uh, he's been maybe a bit more of a thriller, but um, we shall. We'll move on very swiftly. Uh, <laughs> can't <imagine. laughs> Yeah, um, you said the Cowboys haven't done much in the way of, of drafts the last couple of years. Um, you took a Ezekiel Elliott. Come on. Yeah. He's like one of the superstars of the NFL the last couple of years. Uh, but no, what, uh, Mike Weber is the outstanding pick for me uh, in the seventh round. Uh, I actually did watch a bit of tape on him for my Ohio State. Obviously, it's a big college. And and he's actually pretty talented. So as you, as you quite rightly said, I think he's going to be the backup to Zeke. Um, and seventh round pick is, is not a lot to pick up uh, to pay for, for a guy who could... Um, have, have plenty to offer. Mm, absolutely, yeah. No more, no more Rod Smith as well in their backfield. I think he's still uh, a free agent. Let's move on to Chicago. Obviously, traded their first round pick for uh, Khalil Mack, and I think they traded their second round pick was it to go and get Anthony Miller last season. Um, so they didn't actually pick up their pick until pick seventy three, where they went and got uh, David Montgomery, who should fill the void left by Jordan Howard, who's obviously gone over to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, not not a lot of picks there for Chicago, just a five, I think. But David Montgomery, Riley Ridley, a couple of guys there. Um, who will impact yeah. fantasy at some point during their careers? Very, very good picks, uh, solid picks. Riley Ridley is is a really good wide receiver, and and David Montgomery has has got a really really big potential to step in and and do some damage in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Don't really need to say too much more. I think uh, I think it's fair to say that their first round pick, Khalil Mack, um, is is pretty good. So um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to to your boys then, Rob. Um, Indianapolis again. They had three second three second rounders, uh, including Paris Campbell and uh, Rock Your Socks Off. Um, what, 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 <laughs> rock your socks off. Yes, stick that one in. That's <laughs> going to be used. Rock your socks off. Um, yeah, say so just just really the one uh, the one guy on offense for for fantasy purposes, Paris Campbell. Uh, I think it was he ran the fastest forty, didn't he? Uh, in in the combine. What did you make of the, of the wide receiver edition? I think it was the second fastest on after Andy Isabella. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, it, nonetheless, it was freaking quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was interesting because I comped Paris Campbell in our show. I'm pretty sure I comped him to T.Y. Hilton. Mm. So we've got two sort of very similar players, um, but we'll, we'll obviously complement their office offense very well. Um, did I enjoy <sighs> Rock Yassim was, was a good pick. Um, I, I think that he was probably um, the person that fitted in the most in our secondary, and it was much needed help at, at cornerback as well. Um, I think we've got a good crop of, of talented players. I think cornerback was one position where we needed strengthening, and we did so. Um, linebacker as well, Ben Banogo. I 
didn't see a lot of him before the draft, I must admit. I have since done some, done some research and he looks like he could be a really good player. Um, you know, obviously we picked up uh, our boy Darius Leonard in the second round last year. So, you know, we all fingers crossed to, to, for a repeat of that. Uh, but yeah, Paris Campbell, I was a little bit surprised we went for him. Uh, say being that he's, he's a similar kind of uh, player to T.Y. Hilton, albeit a little bit taller. Um, I was... Obviously, at that stage, there was still DK Metcalf on the board, and that I think would have been a really nice pickup, despite mm. his lack of route running. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, also in the, in the third round, Bobby Okariki as well, who was quite wonderfully uh, introduced to us by Pat McAfee. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, again, uh, so some some edge help, and 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 yeah, that we 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 answered a lot of questions. Um, I think probably defensive tackle was, was one position that we didn't answer, which I'd like to have seen. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the season, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. They say they took Paris Campbell at what, pick 59. Uh, Andy Isabella was also still on the board as well. So um, I, mm. I think I think uh, Frank Reich's come out and there's been interviews and uh, with, with him and he's just been lauding uh, in, in awe and waxing lyrical about Paris Campbell. So I'd be interested to see how they use yeah. him. Obviously, they... Um, yeah, was it David? Have they got David Funches or is that the Patriots? I can't bloody remember. Yeah, we got Funches. Funches, yeah. yeah, we got Funches. So I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what how they use all the different weapons there. But so Frank Reich and mm. say Ballard, they they know what they're doing. So uh, I'm not gonna not gonna second question those boys over there in uh, in Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's move on to Kansas City. Um, their first pick was Miko Harmon. Uh, I think that probably says enough uh, to me about what they what they think of Tyreek Hill's chances of being on the team uh, yep. any anytime soon. He, he's kind of a Tyreek Hill light, and he's been comped quite a lot to him. Uh, I'm not quite sure he's going to come in and be Tyreek Hill straight away, but certainly the opportunity is there. Um, but yeah, Kansas City kind of in, inter- interesting season for them because if Tyreek Hill you know, obviously isn't there, Miko is, is, is asked to to kind of fill those big boots. They've not got a great defense, and I know I know they've had a few few additions as well. But there's been a lot of people leaving, uh, like D Ford and, and and what have you as well. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Kansas City do in their second season. But just wonder if it's going to be too much for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, again, like you quite rightly said, I think that's the right on the wall for Tariq Hill. Because uh, if ever you did see a, a comp, it was is was McCall Hardman um, was was yeah. Uh, the rest of the draft. Secondary help, um, safety and cornerback in the second and sixth round, but not a hell of a lot that they had to use um, to, to play with. So it was, a, again, a mediocre draft from Kansas City Chiefs. And, and yet, despite having a really powerful offense, uh, they're minus Tyreek Hill, they're minus Kareem Hunt this year. Hmm, it's going to be interesting to see what Kansas City, uh, how they react to that and, and whether they continue being powerhouse in the yeah. offense or, or whether they really are knocked for six mm-hmm. um obviously there's a lot to think about with the kansas city chiefs now because you're talking patrick mahomes as you said fantasy value he's being you know is, is the number one quarterback in a lot of people's minds for this year he's got to take a step back though if he hasn't got his main weapon on the field yeah. uh travis kelsey his his stock he's gone the opposite way he's gone skyrocketing because he's going to be in for possibly breaking the record again for for receive for receptions from a tight end over this season um so he's your number one tight end by by miles um but yeah how is that defense going to ha- um, hang up I, I don't know a lot of questions a lot of questions for kansas city chiefs um and it will certainly be interesting to see over the first sort of three or four weeks of the season and how that's going to pan out. 
Yeah, certainly at this point, at this point, well, we start of May. Yeah, you know, I'd certainly take the under unders on the Kansas City win totals. I think it was at ten and a half or eleven or something, something like that. I'd definitely, mm, definitely, definitely take the under on that. The one thing I will say to, to take from the draft as well: Diamond Thompson, sixth round uh, running back from uh, from Utah State. That I think that says to me that they're quite comfortable with Damian Williams uh, as their running back. Yep. He's on a two-year deal, but um, I know they've got Carlos Hyde as well. But I think that says to me that they've got enough faith in Damian Williams because uh, they could have quite easily, you know. Drafted a drafted a running back uh, round three is round two two or three with one of those, one of those picks there so uh, big uptick yeah. there big big plus for for all you Damian Williams owners there in Dynasty and maybe interesting to see where he goes in redraft as well actually because I think uh, some people will take mm-hmm. different stances on him uh, let's move up to two more teams that left to go uh, L A Rams traded back out of the first round didn't they and they but they 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 also traded up to get Darrell Henderson uh, which is interesting in the, in the third round uh, and again just puts more more black clouds around Todd Gurley and his knees. Yeah, bizarre, isn't it? Um, it? I'm really worried for Todd Gurley. I know a lot of people are as well. Um, Darrell Henderson, a lot of people were saying he was by far the, the second best running back in the class. So to, to go to, to LA, um, yeah, certainly does put more questions in, in everyone's minds. Uh, other than that, I don't really know a heck of a lot of the rest of their players. They drafted Taylor Rapp in the second, uh, David Long in the third, Bobby Evans in the third. I don't know a hell of a lot about these players. Um, so yeah, I'd yeah. I don't know really what else to add to, to the Rams. No, and I'd say that the headline will be Darrell Henderson as well. You know, there's reports coming mm-hmm. out saying they're going to be going to going to set up in two two running back formations a bit more next season. So it'll be interesting to see if that that comes to fruition. But yeah, uh, Darrell Henderson may be a sleeper pick, and certainly um, top early owners will be will be targeting him in rookie yeah. drafts. Uh, moving on to the final one, then yeah. New Orleans. And didn't have a didn't have a new first round pick because they traded that to the Packers last season. Uh, they did draft Eric McCoy to pr- replace uh, Unger at centre. Obviously, the uh, he he retired a couple of weeks ago prior to the draft. Obviously, gave him a bit of time to, to find a replacement. Uh, but I really liked the pick Rob of uh, Gardner Johnson, um, who we had yes. a good, we had a good joke about last week or the week before, didn't we? Uh, safety in the in the fourth yeah. round, absolute steal there. Yeah. I, I just called him Chauncey Gardner uh, because I don't think he warrants the Johnson in his name. Um, <laughs> uh, listen to the couple, listen to the episode a couple of weeks ago if you don't understand that. Uh, yeah, th- that was actually uh, probably one of my favourite steals of the draft actually in the fourth round. Um, I think that was fantastic value uh, at safety. And yeah, like you said quite rightly, uh, Eric McCoy will, will fit in Unger very nicely um, and expect the, the not a lot of change in New Orleans this year. They were a powerhouse last year. They'll be a powerhouse this year. Uh, Drew Brees is fine he's got he's got a replacement center um yeah fire and all cylinders i am sure yeah so there you have it lovely lovely tied up in a nice little bow all all teams drafts there covered so if you haven't for some reason you listened to this one first and you haven't listened to the one last week go back and check that one out as well we picked up picks one to 16 as well and talked about all the other teams there at this top end of the draft but uh, that pretty much wraps us up before the uh, for the for the draft recap really enjoyed that actually uh, and say so don't forget mm-hmm. we are we're, we're releasing our scores every day now for the next 30 odd days uh, going through every pick in the first round as well looking at the fantasy impact looking at the analysis of the pick and uh, giving it a grade as well and some jokes in there as well if they've been written by me I can't, uh, can't remember if Lee did one for his Nick Bose one I need to go back and double check but certainly certainly lots of jokes in mind quite enjoyed doing the Kyler Murray one uh, I don't know if you read that Rob but that was that was quite fun to do um, <laughs> I haven't but I will do now yeah lots of jokes lots of jokes um, and talking of good fun to do it's time for third down and it's time for the full 10 questions Down. 
Third down is full 10 questions and it's time to bring back Lee from all 32 to try and top the leaderboard uh, to supplant Adam Orford. Uh, seven questions correct in one minute 42. Uh, we welcome you on. How, how's the confidence levels? A uh, little nervous, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I said, Adam is still the clubhouse leader. Seven questions right in one minute 42 and I say uh, we will we, we'll be timing you this time so that we uh, get to, to crown a winner. So uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to start the clock in three, two, one. Question one: Where do the Oakland Raiders play their NFL home games? The Oakland Coliseum. Uh, question two: Who is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Free Arians. Uh, question three: What number does Chicago Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson wear? Eleven. Uh, question four, which player was drafted at number 32 overall in this year's draft? Nikhil Harry. Uh, question five, how many yards does an illegal man downfield penalty incur? Uh, ten. Uh, question <laughs> six, name any any team that quarterback Dante Culpepper played for in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, question seven, which team in the NFC South last contested in a Super Bowl? The Atlanta Falcons. Question eight. Which player had the most receiving touchdowns in 2018? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Question nine. Which team in the AFC West uh, has a horse in its logo? Denver Broncos. And finally, within 1,500, uh, 1,500, how many career rushing yards did Barry Sanders have? Oh, I have no idea. Um, 8,000. So, 8,000? 8,000, I have no idea. Okay. It's all, gone, it's all gone to pot. <laughs> so, how do you think you did, apart from it all going to pot? Uh, Okay, I'd say average. I think I've maybe got five, right? Okay, well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you now, just to, to build up the tension just a little bit, you, you finished all your questions in 1 minute 35. So, if you get seven, you're top of the leaderboard. So, we shall go through it. We will have a look. Uh, Oakland Raiders, uh, Oakland Coliseum, yeah, we'll give you that. It's the Oakland Almeida, uh, Alameda County Coliseum, but we'll give you Coliseum, that's fine. Uh, Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, uh, head coach from this off-season. Uh, Alan Robertson, I've got number 12, uh, not number 11. He might be number 11 at Jacksonville, but he's uh, certainly number 12 at Chicago, so that's uh, not correct, I'm afraid. Uh, number 32, of course, New, New England Patriots took uh, Nikhil Harry. Uh, an illegal man downfield is five yards, unfortunately not 10, as you said there. Uh, Dante Culpepper was a Miami Dolphins was correct you could also have Minnesota Vikings Oakland uh, Raiders and Detroit Lions uh, and Atlanta Falcons of course NFC South last team in the Super Bowl obviously that uh, that defeat that they, they, they're never going to forget for the rest of their lives the fans uh, <laughs> uh, most receiving touchdowns in 2018 you had the right team you had the wrong players Antonio Brown uh, with 15 I think it was off the top of my head um, and AFC West uh, with a horse in the logo of course Denver Broncos so it all comes down to this, Lee. It all comes down to Barry Sanders' Barry Sanders's, uh, rushing yards. This is 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've got uh, 15,269. So I'm afraid, uh, I'm afraid no, no, no dice on that one. So just, just a six out of 10. So agonizingly close there. Agonizingly close. Close. 
Yeah, if it's you're... all right. I'm worried about really pooping the bed and getting two. So no, that's fine. So if you, if you'd have got uh, Alan Robertson, just maybe come down, come down. I got up to twelve. Uh, you'd be on top of the leaderboard. Never mind. Cracking effort anyway. Uh, and thanks for thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Now, biting stuff there in the full ten questions. Just the six out of ten. Unfortunately, for Lee, he was uh, close to to get to the top of that leaderboard. But we'll try again next week and see if we say only a couple of people left now to to separate on from eight last season before we can uh, kind of start season two. I might start doing some different types uh, styles of questions. But yeah, really enjoyed doing that. But Rob, just before we go. Uh, next week's podcast, obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, fantasy implications of the draft as well. Kind of an extension of, of what we talked about over the last couple of weeks. And um, no doubt, mm-hmm. you know, the picks we talked about even in, on today's podcast, lots of lots of different storylines going into it for fantasy football, both dynasty and redraft. Um, should be should be a good one. Well, if ever I've heard um, a Rob get your ass in gear and get some stats flowing uh, <laughs> on your spreadsheets, that is one. So thanks for that, Tim. I'm going to be a busy man over the weekend. Uh, no, looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, fantasy is is my forte. Yeah. I, I claim um, nothing's been proven yet, uh, but yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good show. And um, yeah, I think this year it's there's a lot to break down because there was a lot of players, especially the receivers, that ended up in sort of meh spots. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a this o- overwhelming sensation that the 2020 draft is coming up. Um, so any of you in, in dynasty leagues who can get some tr- get some trades flowing uh, before your drafts get get them flowing because 2020 has got a bag full of, of talent coming through. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what what we all think of of the landing spots and 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 for the yeah the fantasy implications is always a good show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fantasy is ever uh, ever growing, ever ever growing uh, interest for for most people as well. And uh, yeah, Lee, Lee, we're back next week as well. I think we've got a, we've got a special guest lined up as well for you. Um, yeah, just a quick shout out before we go. Congratulations to Phil Woods who claimed the uh, the, the my touchdown box gift box. There, he is. Uh, yeah, I know. Finally, T- took three goes, didn't it? But well done, um, yeah. Yeah, well done to Phil. Uh, Atlanta Falcons gift box will be on. You're, you're my, you're my new Phil. You're my new favourite fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Atlanta Falcons box will be on your way very shortly indeed. So look out for that in the post. Uh, so yeah, check out our articles. They'll be going up for the next uh, next couple of weeks as well. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk fantasy implications of the draft. Uh, I don't think there's anything else I need to talk about. Um, so I'm not going to. But yeah, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, please share the word. Please share the love. Uh, wherever you, you know, on Twitter at Full Ten Yards uh, is where you can find us. Instagram as well. We're trying to get some bits up on there, and, and lots of news obviously to come over the next couple of weeks as well. Maybe not, maybe not as breaking news as the NFL Academy, but uh, we will certainly try. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoyed that podcast, Rob. Uh, fielding well there to say. Hopefully, Lee will uh, will enjoy it as well when he listens it back. Uh, shout out to Lee as well. He's I think he's enjoying an anniversary with his other half. So, um, oh Lee. How nice. You put your wife before us. Yeah, um, absolutely. I don't. My wife's downstairs cooking me dinner right now, you see. <laughs> I've already had my dinner. Steak and chips. Today. Steak and chips today for a Wednesday. Um, uh, see, uh, uh, no, I'm on Simming World now, so I've got to watch what I eat. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I like more steak for me. <laughs> right that's going to do it for the podcast we enjoyed that one thanks all for listening everyone and say please share the word please share the love um, we enjoy doing this hopefully you enjoy listening to it too we'll be back yeah. next Wednesday and we'll say we'll talk about fantasy football and the draft uh, but in the meantime it's yep. goodbye from Rob goodbye it's goodbye from me and the great words of Kevin Cadle it's a bye bye for now bye bye
for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.